0: I'm your host Fraser Bailey, and welcome to the VegUp Podcast, where we talk mindset, psychology, plant-based nutrition, lifestyle, and big dreams. So, if you want to get your head in the game, level up, and become the best version of you, listen in. Let's go. go What is nutrient rotation and why is it so beneficial when it comes to a vegan plant-based diet? But first of all, I wanted to touch on something quickly, guys, to just help you differentiate two terms so the first one is a vegan diet and the second one is a whole food plant-based diet what is the difference so generally speaking and to give you just a really quick summary veganism and a vegan diet is an overarching moral perspective in the world it is abstaining from using animal products in any way shape or form but it means that you can still eat Vegan ice cream and vegan donuts and vegan cookies and all these different things because many of them, or all of them, I should say, in terms of veganism, don't have animal products in them. They use non dairy alternatives. They'll use uh, different types of flax, eggs, or replaces instead of using eggs. So it's essentially foods that have just been modified to fit a vegan, a vegan parameter, so to speak. Now, you can still have all the fun foods that you want in the world. You can have vegan pizza, vegan burgers, vegan ice cream, vegan cookies. So basically anything that you can think of that would be a normal product, you can essentially make vegan. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's healthy, but everyone has different goals. Some people in this world, they, A vegan for a moral perspective, they still want their cookies sometimes. They still want their burgers. They still want their pizza, right? And so for those people, having alternatives that fit within their moral compass is a beautiful thing. And I love that. And I think that's really valuable. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have people who might look at the benefits of a plant-based diet and how that plays a role in their health. Now, a whole food plant-based diet, is essentially anything that is a whole food so things that do not come in packages basically now there are exceptions to this but generally speaking if you walk through the produce section the bin section you're going to find different legumes canned legumes or dry legumes um, grains you know root vegetables fruits different colored vegetables those things don't really come with big long ingredients lists They typically won't have labels and packaging. Some of them will, like obviously canned legumes and things. But it's things that have minimal processing. So they don't have a multitude of different ingredients. That typically is whole food, plant-based. So really when you think about it, simply put anything that it's in its whole food form. Now, I think there's value for both of these things. I actually think that you can find a good balance between both of these things, where every now and then you test out fun vegan foods that fit with your moral perspective, but at the same time, predominantly, you opt for whole food plant-based as much as you can to get yourself as healthy as you can be because fundamentally if you can be the healthiest person you can be it's just good for you it's good for your family it's good for your loved ones it's good for your just you know you sharing a message because in that way you have the best energy you have the most mental clarity i'm going to dive into all of these things in terms of why nutrient rotation is so beneficial and what is nutrient rotation so I just wanted to get that out of the way first, just so people have a basic understanding of the difference between a vegan diet and a whole food plant-based diet. And there's a lot of overlap there as well. So predominantly, there's a huge overlap. But without further ado, when it comes to nutrient rotation, what this basically means, and this is something that I think is really lacking within the fitness slash bodybuilding world, not just within veganism, but within the, the typical overarching fitness world, is that People's diets are very myopic. They're very monocultured sort of, here's this one food you eat every day, nonstop. (laughs) And while that can be very easy to track and the metrics on it are easy to gauge, because if you're just eating the same thing every day, it's like you can just become a robot and turn off and you don't have to really think about anything, right? So from that perspective, it can be very helpful. But in terms of creating nutrient voids and nutrient deficiencies and just not maximizing your gut health and then the way that hormones are created and brain chemicals are created and generally like how you perform, I think nutrient rotation is really valuable. And basically all it means is that you you rotate through a different a selection of foods under a subcategory. So you, for instance, you have your plant proteins and you have your starchy carbohydrates. And then you have your fibrous carbohydrates, and maybe you have a section for fruits, and then you have your fats. And for every meal or snack, you essentially rotate through those subcategories. So within those subcategories, I'll explain what that looks like in a second. But the reason why this can be valuable is because this way, you are getting a multitude of different nutrients and therefore vitamins and minerals into your system on some type of structure and schedule. See, and I've talked about this in season one before, one of the biggest things that gets people stuck is they constantly want excess variation in their life they get bored of eating very quickly and they they want a multitude of different things and then sometimes people can misinterpret when i say that as you need to eat very simplistically and boring and that's not the case at all what i am saying though is that you need some type of framework to base your meals out of and so for instance If you were going to try and get in the best shape of your life and the best health of your life, but you were going to rotate through a veggie lasagna and spaghetti bolognese and burgers and uh, macro bowls and and just all kinds of different types of meals, it's very hard to track all of those things unless you want to be really tedious and track every single calorie and gram of food, which some people do, but I quite frankly, I don't think most people need to. The way to get around that tedious, tedious tracking is to have a system that you can rotate these foods in and out of. And one of the things I found to be the most helpful is just macro bowls. So macro bowls are also known as Buddha bowls or poke bowls. So typically just a macro bowl where you have this plate of food or this bowl and you have your protein allocation, you have your starchy carbohydrate allocation, you have your fibrous vegetable allocation, then you have your fats. And if if you have five, six, seven, 10 different proteins or different starches or different fibers or different fats slash condiments that you can rotate through, can you imagine how many different meal combinations that you can come up with? That's profound. So what I'm saying here is that macro bowls can be a very useful framework For which you then rotate these foods within. Because if you're trying to jump from recipe to recipe, like recipe books are great. You know, it gives you something to like play with and experiment with and find out what you like and what you don't like. But there's not a lot of framework with them. It's it's there's a lot of variables because there's a lot of different ingredients. It's much harder to track these things. And if you want to count calories, you can, but again, very tedious. So my message is create a macro bowl framework to rotate through these subcategories of macronutrients like your proteins, carbohydrates, fats, fiber, that type of thing. And then within that, you can create a raft of different meal styles and choices to keep nutrient rotation high. And the reason why this is valuable and helpful is because essentially the more micronutrients the more vitamins and minerals that you can get into your system the more diversity of plants that you can get into your gut you will optimize everything your gut health will improve which will in turn improve your neurochemistry which will in turn also improve your hormonal function your immune function that stuff improves your body composition as a byproduct most people who are struggling to get to the body composition that they want in terms of being lean enough, losing body fat, building muscle, it's because all of these other things are not optimal. It's because you have suboptimal hormone profiles. You probably have too much inflammation in your body. Your gut health is not that great. It's causing you to feel lethargic. You're getting brain fog. So because you're lethargic, you don't exercise as much or you don't move as much and you're sedentary. And because you're sedentary, you don't create the right chemicals in your brain to, to create clarity of thought, to make decisions faster so you can expedite things, right? So can you see how... All of these things are connected and a lot of people just approach anything with a very compartmentalized mindset where they think to themselves, right, I just need to eat this one food here or these things and I'll get this body fat result. How often does that last though? This type of approach does not last for people. It's not very sustainable, which is why getting in shape seems so elusive to most people. It's not elusive. It's just the methodology that you used to get there was fundamentally flawed from the beginning. That's very important to understand that. So when it comes to how to think about this, one of the easiest ways to get an assessment on are you hitting all the targets or are you missing a whole bunch of stuff It's just for a few days, two, three, four days, the more days, the better over like a week. So if you do like four or five days, a little bit more accurate is to track all your food on an app like chronometer. I like chronometer because it's just, it's very visually easy to understand because it will give you all your different micronutrient targets and how far away you are from them or if you're exceeding them. So, you know, your vitamins and minerals, your omega three to six to nine ratios, it will even give you different ratios of you know, potassium versus sodium and different things like that to to tell you where you are in the spectrum of health. And so, if you wanted to, if you're like, well, I get what you're saying in terms of nutrient rotation, which I'm going to talk in a little bit more depth about. But if you say, I get what you're saying, how do I even know if I'm hitting the targets or not? Track on chronometer for four or five days, and then look at the average of those four or five days. Are you consistently missing something? Are you consistently missing selenium? Are you consistently getting too much of a certain thing, too much omega-6s, for example, too many inflammatory oils? Are you consistently getting too much of something? In that instance, you need to look at what that could be in your diet by running a quick Google search and saying food's high in omega-6 or food's high in selenium and either reduce that thing that might be too abundant, that's pushing things out of a normal range that might not be ideal, or finding foods, for example... Plant food that's high in iron, plant food that's high in calcium, plant food that's high in selenium, Brazil nuts, for example. And you might go, oh, well, I'll add, you know, two or three Brazil nuts in every day. And so then you start hitting that target. Can you see what I'm saying? So it's a bit like, it's a, it's a little bit of a puzzle here, but it doesn't have to be complicated. But most people just don't have the in-depth understanding of how to truly rotate these things in the long term. And that's why I always come back to this idea that getting mentorship, getting my guidance to help you with these things is fundamental, will fundamentally expedite your result. And that is valuable in today's world because we don't have a lot of time to get mastery around things we want to achieve anymore. Like I've talked about, this, the theme for this season is getting your house in order. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. And we want to be physically as strong. We want to get our immune system operating to capacity. We want to improve everything about how we live. Our resourcefulness, our adaptability, our resiliency, our strength, our endurance, our cognitive awareness. All of these things come as a byproduct of doing what I'm telling you well. And if you don't get your house in order, you're going to be one of these people who gets left behind. It's, this is not just about fat loss anymore, guys. This is way more than that from my perspective. This is about your quality of life long-term and your survival. And if you don't take it seriously like that and move to massive action and start and in truly investing in yourself rather than just trying to bootleg processes and piece it all together yourself, you're just probably not going to get there like you want to. And so you need to think about it like this. So first of all, Track, track on chronometer and get a bearing of where you are at regarding that. When it comes to rotating, I think of it simply like this. So each week for my, my lunch and dinner meals, for example, I'll have my proteins. So my proteins personally are typically tofu, tempeh, chickpeas, some type of bean, whether it's black beans or pinto beans, and then your lentil and lentils. Those will be the predominant main ones. Now, sometimes I'll use a lentil pasta or a chickpea pasta every now and then I might use a little bit of seitan, which is wheat protein, not very often anymore, or I might even cut up a veggie burger, for example, and I'll throw that through my macro bowl and that can kind of be my protein source. And that will usually have you know, yellow split peas and green peas and lentils or whatever it has in it. So it's a more of a whole food, uh, plant-based veggie burger. So that will be my protein allocation the next thing that i'll have so I'll, I'll rotate through those things so i'll never eat the same thing two times in one day some days it might be lentils and then tofu other days it might be tempeh and chickpeas and i'll rotate all of those different combinations back and forth. then with my starchy carbohydrates it's going to look like your root vegetables so your potatoes different potato variants whether it's a sweet potato red potato gold potato sometimes i'll use yellow squash which has a lower a higher caloric um uh, it was a lower, lower caloric density, sorry, because it's got a higher water content, which can be really helpful for fat loss, for example. So you can consume a larger portion of it and it has less calories. So that's a whole other t- a topic in and of itself called volumetrics, which is what I teach my students at the highest level all around volumetrics of eating and how to adjust the caloric density of food combinations to still eat things that you enjoy, but to get the result that you want and so we'll rotate through different potatoes and then you've got your your grains and your rice blends so maybe where it's brown rice basmati jasmine um, couscous even quinoa quinoa can sometimes transcend over into your protein but you can also use it as your starchy carbohydrate as well and so you've got your rice brands your ancient grains um buckwheat millet you don't have to use all of those you could just rotate through rice blends if you wanted or rice and potatoes if you really wanted to just keep it very simple and then you have your fibrous vegetables and they're going to be all your rainbow colors. So it's going to, where, where's your green veg? You have got your spinach or your asparagus, your broccoli, your, your mixed greens, um, whatever that looks like for you. So, and I'll talk about the, the cook method and the way of preparing meals, which will then tie into the types of colored vegetables you might use. Um, and then you've got your, your red. So maybe a red pepper slash capsicum. You've got your carrots, orange, yellow pepper. So you've got your yellow, you've got an orange, you've got a red, you've got your green. Think of it like a rainbow the more colors, the more representation of different micronutrient values, vitamins, minerals. And so the more colors you can get into your meal, the, the, the wider range, the wider spectrum of vitamins and minerals you will get. So you have your fibrous vegetable, which typically are much lower in calories and you can consume in much, much larger portions if your gut health is good, which in that instance, you need to listen to the previous episode because that is where, um, if you consume too much raw fiber, for example, or too much fiber early on, you can get a lot of digestive issues. So you need to be able to acclimate your body into this. Can you see how there's a lot of moving pieces here? It can feel complicated if you don't know what you're doing. And then again, it's why getting help is fundamental. So reach out to me and I can help you. And then obviously after your fiber, on top of that, I would even argue that to make take those things to the next level, you want to have maybe like a sprout a, a sprout in there as well as a fermented food. So you might have broccoli sprouts, a little bit of sprouted lentils, alfalfa sprouts, some type of living food, um, much higher in antioxidant content, much higher in micronutrient value, calorie for calorie or gram per gram than its cooked counterparts, for example. exam um, like broccoli sprouts. Tons and tons of sulforaphane, super high anti-cancerous compound, much more than found in like a head of broccoli. So gram for gram, much more dense in terms of its sulforaphane content another example of nutrient density and then obviously off the back of that you might get a fermented food whether you use a little bit of miso Um, we use chickpea miso it's great Um, or you can use sauerkraut or kimchi some type of fermented food but again i err on the side of caution especially early on if you're acclimating your digestion to this way of living because fermented foods can kick off a bit of gas and bloating early on if you don't have the right microbiome to handle these things so remember that take note leave them out to start with if you have to, and then slowly microdose them into your routine in terms of just like one teaspoon at a time, just a little bit to get yourself exposure to it, but not enough to kind of create a excessive gassing and bloat response. And then you've got your fats. I typically use fats like a condiment. So uh, whether it's uh, an almond-based nut sauce uh, and you can rotate through, rotate through different flavors of, of nut sauces or something like that, um, you can make a cashew sauce, you can do different flavored hummuses, you got your guac slash avocado and so for that reason guac hump flavored hummuses different types of uh, nut based flavored sauces will typically act as your fats slash your condiment flavoring and then obviously you can use different herbs and spices you can smack smoked paprika garlic powder or whole garlic onion powder you know you can use different things for condiments as well to kind of give it more flavor without adding a ton of extra calories So think of your fats for the most part as the way to flavor your meals. Now, in terms of beyond just the rotation of these foods, so think about it for a second. If you rotated through all these different proteins, all these different things that I just mentioned, imagine if you sat down and you created as many different macro bowls as you could. You could come up with hundreds of different variations. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the cook method. So sometimes you might do a raw salad macro bowl where all your vegetables are raw. So you might do a uh, 50-50 mixed salad greens with spinach with grated carrot and some diced tomatoes, and that could be your raw macro bowl. And then you could do a cooked one. Maybe you do a stir fry or you do oven roasted vegetables or you do an Instapot. So can you see what I'm saying here where you have a crock pot slash Instapot? So that's more like your stew. And then you have your oven roasted veg, and then you have your stir fry, and then you have your raw. So that way, one maybe one meal is raw and another meal is oven roasted, or another meal is stir fry, or maybe one week it's cold in winter and you do you, you insta pot or you crock pot a lot of these vegetables that I'm talking about. Then on top of that, how many different variations could you create on that? So think about it, you could go from doing a raw veg macro bowl with lentils and rice to doing all these vegetables in a crock pot slash instapot and then doing potato and lentils. And all of a sudden you have a winter meal that feels more like a stew versus more of a summer meal that's kind of like your rice and veg plus all your raw, um, so your rice and lentils plus all your salad veg. That's a completely different meal on the surface when you look at it. But the fundamentals are still the same. Can you see what I'm saying, here, guys, is that fundamentally, the system is the same. That's how you create variation. A lot of people misconstrue what I say and they think when I'm saying you need to stop eating haphazardly like one night, it's one re- meal from one recipe book and then it's a recipe from another book there's no way to track a lot of those things unless you want to weigh everything and track everything tediously. Otherwise, you have no idea what variables are causing what. This comes back to your ability to adapt your food based on your biofeedback. For example, if you're eating a lot of random different things and you're getting gas or you're getting reflux or you're just not seeing the body composition change that you want, how do you know what is causing those problems? Or how do you know what collection of things are creating that problem? If you, if you're throwing too many variables in the mix, that's where stagnation lies. And that's when you will get frustrated and you won't know what to do. And most people do that. That's why having systems like what I'm talking about here, and this might sound a little bit complicated to you. And if that is, that's just a signifier that you need my help. So reach out and don't try to figure this stuff out because I tell you now, again, 2021 It's going to be the year where we have to get our house in order. If you haven't got it to this point, this year is the year, guys. Things are accelerating in terms of just the stresses in the world and the urgency in terms of creating the type of lifestyle and the the body, the mind, and the health, and the resiliency. We need to thrive, not just survive, but thrive. Now, the last part of this equation is how do you measure this stuff? Like A lot of people need to think and want to think that they have to weigh everything to get out their food scale and track everything in my fitness pal all the time you don't have to do that i haven't weighed anything or tracked anything on an app for years for years guys what i'm telling you here is just use metric measuring cups and tablespoons so that it might not might not be quite as accurate but is a very good long-term sustainable strategy if you're honest about it so for instance for me I might do one and a half or two cups of a protein. I might do one cup of starchy carbohydrates. I might do two cups of fibrous vegetables, and then I might do two tablespoons of a fat slash condiment. And as long as, generally speaking, I get those portions reasonably accurate with the cup measurements, I know if I'm spilling over, for example, if if my body fat slowly starts creeping up when I do this, I know, okay, I need to go from one and a half cups to one and a quarter cups or from one cup of starches to three quarters of a cup. Maybe you're a smaller woman and you need to do one cup of protein and half a cup of starchy carbohydrates. Maybe you need to go down and decrease your fat portion from three tablespoons to two or from two to one. So, or... alternatively, if you have a high output and you want to gain muscle, you, you might need to go up. You might need to go from one cup of protein to one and a half. So can you see how simple that is? But you need to know what's happening with your body. So this comes back to kind of learning about biofeedback. And I talk about that in season one in depth. So make sure that you go back and listen to all these old episodes in season one, because I talk about biofeedback in terms of water retention, gaining weight, losing weight, energy levels, hunger, cravings. Because it's one thing to rotate through these foods. But if you're getting constant reflux or bloating or you're always hungry, you need to start looking at potentially what's going on there on a deeper level in terms of blood sugar stability, um, hunger hormones that are being triggered, and different things, which is more of a complicated process. Again, it's why you want help. But fundamentally, when you look at your meal, think of the rainbow. Think of a macro bowl breakdown think of rotating through proteins starches fibrous vegetables and your fats as condiments think of creating raw salad meals or oven roasted vegetables or stir fries or instapot as a way to create more variation within those rotations and then use cup and tablespoon measurements to keep a gauge a bearing on your portion sizes and consumption Guys, you use this methodology and you get good at this and it will change your life. I've got to the point now where I don't even really have to use cup portions of anything anymore because I've I've done it for so long. I almost visually know approximately what is a cup or what is one and a half cups or what's two. I can visually gauge my portions and I can keep the results that I have and it's effortless. And it feels natural and it's intuitive this is what you want to aspire towards you do not want to be a slave to my fitness pal or a slave to the scale whether it's your weight scale weighing your body weight or the scale weighing your food or be in this rigid system where you cannot eat a diverse range of things because it doesn't fit your macros or it doesn't fit x y your plan or alternatively You want so much change that you don't know how to track anything and you have no idea what's working. And most people fall into one of these camps. So that's why nutrient rotation is so beneficial. In summary, nutrient rotation is just valuable because it's going to improve your gut health. When your gut health improves, your brain health improves. When these things improve, your hormone profiles improve. When those things improve, your immune responses improve. When these things improve, your blood glucose tolerance so basically your the way you get you do, you do or don't get brain fog your mental clarity your energy levels through the day your quality of sleep your mood all of these things hinge around chemicals in your body these nutrient rotations drive those chemical choices can you see now how food really is like the main driver behind how we think When you think more clearly, you make faster, more accurate decisions. You are better in your job. You're more efficient with decision making. You get things done faster. Most people who come to me for help with their fat loss end up getting pay raises in their job. How do you figure that? It's because everything optimizes. They're not turning up to work with the brain fog, thinking at 50%, making errors. And people around them see that they see their increased energy, they see their increased accuracy, they see their increased mental cognition. And that comes back in terms of tangible real world results in terms of getting better outcomes for the the jobs that they perform. And guys, we can all use more income. It helps everyone. It enables you to have more choice. And fat loss and muscle building is a byproduct of that. It's a, it's a beautiful byproduct of doing all these other things well. You can get to fat loss and muscle burning on a vegan plant-based diet, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get all these other things. But when you address all the things that I've talked about in terms of micronutrient optimization, optimizing f- body composition is a byproduct of that. So take notes today. Implement what I said. Trust me, it will be the gateway for you in terms of changing your life and like I mentioned reach out let me help you don't try to bootleg this process because it will take far longer than you would like it will feel a lot more confusing than it's needed and I can show you clear clean methodologies to get to those goals in this year because like I said this year is the year that you have to finally get your house in order. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Veg Up Podcast and don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. Please leave us a review and share this on social media. Tag me. Let me know what helped you. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let's get this information out to the world. Help me do that. And be sure to email us over at Fraser at EvolvingAlpha.com for coaching options and mentorship. Because if you want growth, it begins here, my friend.